Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic, fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3, starting off a brand new year with a word that I think is going to bless you. I think this is going to encourage you. I love this transitional time of year. You know, December 31st marks an ending. January 1st signals a new beginning. How many of you are thankful for a new beginning? You know, sometimes there are necessary endings. Can I have a good amen? How many are glad that 2020 is in your rear view mirror? Yeah, somebody said hindsight is always, yeah, you'll get that tomorrow. Um, (laughs) Moving into something new. But I want to encourage you, as anxious as we are to move into a new year, our hope is not in a new year, but it's in a God who makes all things new. Can I have a good amen? You see, man can turn the pages of a calendar, but only God can turn the page of your heart. And I'm praying that as you step into this new year, you know, this new season, that you'll step into it with confidence and strength. You know, sometimes, how many of you you set goals or resolutions at the beginning of the year? How many of you have some written goals that that you've lined up for 21? (laughs) Three people. (laughs) Y'all aren't writing stuff down. Some of you just giving up on goals. I get it. I understand that. I didn't write down any goals, but I do have a word, okay? Uh, I'm, sometimes I'm not great. You know, you'll write five or six or ten goals. You know, you'll write it down in January, and then by the time March rolls around, you can't even find that piece of paper that you've written all the stuff down on. But if you just get a word, come on, somebody say a word. I got one word for you. This is a word God's dropped in my heart personally, but I feel like this is going to add value to you add value to your family, and I think it's going to bring strength to the church. I want to talk to you about forward. You're going to hear a lot about that this month. We're going to spend our time in Philippians chapter 3, kind of breaking apart a couple verses that I think will help us map out what this journey forward looks like. I want you to write that down somewhere, forward. Write it down in all capital letters. I want you to pray this into your spirit because this word not only implies direction, but it also speaks of hope. I think there's something powerful about this word forward. I I was praying earlier this week and and, uh, feeling in my spirit just as it relates to our spiritual family. I pray that God moves you forward in knowledge this year. That that you've gained some things, you've learned some things from the pain of last year. How many of you are just grateful that 2020 is behind you because you walked through some heartache, some hurt, some confusion, and some pain? Anybody? You know what? If you're going to walk through the pain, at least learn the lesson that pain teaches. Can I have a good amen? If you got to go through it, learn something from it. In in fact, I think this would be a good exercise. Sometime before now and and the the time you lay your head on your pillow at night, I want you to write down two lists. You need to make a list of lessons learned. As you reflect on last year, what did last year teach you? What are the lessons that you've learned? And then next to that, write down changes made. Lessons learned and changes made. How many of you know if you're not making any changes, you probably aren't learning any lessons? 
But my prayer for you is that you would take the knowledge and the wisdom that you learned through the pain of last year and move it forward. Man, there's something golden that can be extracted from difficult situations. Praying that you move forward in knowledge, but I'm also praying that you move forward without regret. No regrets. Uh, Listen, if you're in Jesus, your past has been paid for. And your future has been provided for. Come on, help me today. Your past has been paid for. Your future's been provided for. We're going to talk about that next week, about how do you leave your past. You can't be tethered to yesterday and move forward into today. I want you to move forward in knowledge, move forward without regret. But I want you to move forward this year in faith. Put your faith in the driver's seat. Not your feelings, not your circumstances, not the opinions of others, but how many of you, you want to live by faith? You see, everything, well, I'm feeling the spirit now starting to churn me up on the inside. We haven't even gotten to Philippians chapter 3. JT, come on, man, I need a pair of Jordans right now. I'm fixing to jump off this stage. Everything in the kingdom of God, I want you to hear this. Everything in the kingdom of God is about moving forward. Okay, it's not just a, a directional word. There's a spiritual realm. I want you to listen with your spirit. Everything in God's kingdom is about moving forward. And if you don't move forward, you're going to miss God's best. I want you to consider the children of Israel. After 400 years of being in slavery in Egypt, God spoke to Moses, and Moses challenged Pharaoh. And guess what God did? God did some supernatural things. In fact, he parted the Red Sea. There they stood at an impossible situation. Freedom was on the other side of that sea. But guess what? God parted the sea, but he expected Moses to move forward. Come on. If you want freedom, God's got it for you, but you got to move forward to get it. I think about David and Goliath. Remember the the story? There he is, Goliath, and this Philistine champion. He's taunting the armies of Israel, defying their God. God wanted to give them victory, but everybody was paralyzed in fear until a young shepherd boy, come on somebody, he moved forward. Oh, I love that. Uh, I think about the, the, the woman with the issue of blood. She had been sick for 12 years, the Bible says. She didn't get any better. She only grew worse. She sought the help of doctors and, and had no answers. But one day Jesus was walking by. Healing in the flesh was walking right in front of her. Guess what she had to do to get it? She had to move forward. Come on, somebody say forward. You see, if you want freedom, God will give it to you, but you got to move forward in it. If you want victory, God will give it to you, but you got to move forward in it. If you need healing, it's passing by, but God says move forward in it. I think about Gideon. He was hiding from the Midianites. He was cowering in fear. And an angel of the Lord showed up and said, mighty hero, God is with you. Gideon said, what? You got the wrong person. There's nothing heroic about me. Gideon was hiding in fear. He says, what happened to all the miracles that our ancestors talk about? Watch this. Hear hear me with your spirit now. God will take the source of your frustration and turn it into the seeds of your inspiration. 
I don't know what was frustrating you last year in 2020, but God can take your frustration and turn it into inspiration. He spoke to Gideon and he says, go in the strength that you have. What was God trying to do? He was trying to move Gideon forward. What is, what, what is God trying to do for us as a church this year? He's saying, I've got something amazing for you, but you got to move forward in it. Uh, guess what happens when we don't move forward? Remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? When God was trying to bring Lot and his family out of Sodom? What happened when Lot's wife turned back? What happens when you're not willing to move forward? You stuck like Chuck right there. Pillar of salt. Listen, you will never walk in God's best when you put the car in reverse and you look back. Somebody say forward. Oh, I love it. Philippians chapter 3 gives us, a, I think, a great roadmap of how to step into this new year. Some of you may ask, how do I move forward after such a difficult 2020? Or, or what does it mean to move forward into all that God has for me? Some of you don't know where to start, and you don't know how to stay consistent. Philippians 3, I think, gives us great insight. Philippians 3, verse 13, Paul said these words. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters... I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Oh, this is so rich. Let me read it one more time. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved. I think this is big. I want you to circle that phrase in your Bible. I have not achieved. I think it takes a sense of humility to understand, hey, I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm still a work in progress. How many of you are a work in progress? <laughs> oh yeah. How many of you know somebody there's a lot of work happening in progress? Oh yes indeed. Uh, when I read this again I thought you know three years ago Rachel and I we moved from Prairieville back into Baton Rouge and we live over off of Hushatu Road. Y'all ever heard of Hushatu? Y'all know that's a road in Baton. There's a road. I love the name. Hushatu. I mean, it's spelt just like it sounds. H-O-O, only in Louisiana. H-O-O-S-H-O-O-T-O-O. Some of you need a map quest, Hushatu, and listen to how Siri pronounces it. It's hysterical. Hushatu. I love the name, but the road is terrible. It's a terrible road. And there's no shoulder. It's a little skinny two-lane, and it's always torn up. There's potholes and patchwork. I'm driving my little Honda. You know, I think I'm speaking in tongues or something. Like, man, this is, this is a terrible road. How many ever complained about roads? Okay, only five of you are being honest right now. Man, and every time I turn on a hoosh, this road is terrible. They need to do something about this road. And then one day... I saw an orange construction sign. Oh, and I was filled with expectation. I was so excited. I got home. I said, babe, look, the Bible, not the Bible, the construction sign says <laughs> they're starting to work on the road next week. And they tore it up. They took all the asphalt off and they started scraping it. And, you know, and then the Lord kind of spoke to me. He said, Mike, you 
need an orange construction sign in your life. Because guess what? You are a work in progress. How many of you know that all of us, we've not arrived, but we're under construction? Can I have a better amen? My mama used to sing this song to us when we were kids. He's still working on me. Y'all remember that song? To make me what I ought to be. Y'all don't know that song? It took him just a week to make the moon and the star, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. Man, I hated that song when I was a kid. Listen, for this year, some of you need to be more patient with people. Because guess what? God's still working on you. How many of you are thankful that God's patient with you as you're making some progress? Oh, I love it. Paul says, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Somebody say one thing. Come on, if you're taking notes today, I want to talk to you about how to move forward. And listen, it's about focusing on one thing. The title of this message is simply to help you focus on one thing. The apostle Paul didn't say, the 40 things that I dabble in are the, the, the 17 things that I chase, the six goals that I've written down, he said, no, I'm going to move forward by focusing on this one thing. How many of you know distractions are not always evil? Sometimes they can be disguised as good things, but those good things will keep you from the best things. Paul said, this one thing I do. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, we got to focus so we can move forward. Focus moves you forward. When you focus, then you flourish. Some of you haven't been able to flourish because you've not fully focused. And you don't have to chase a bunch of things this year, but just focus on one thing. If you'll, if you'll narrow your focus, you will increase your effectiveness. Come on, are you catching that? How many of you, you want to be more fruitful, more effective this year than you were last year? Quit chasing a bunch of stuff. You need to put some things on your to-don't list instead of increasing your to-do list. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. Focusing will help you flourish. Now, let me give you some context. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church at Philippi. It's a church that he planted. If you read in Acts chapter 16, you'll discover he was the one that started this church. And he's actually writing this letter from a Roman prison. Okay, he's writing this from prison. Now, most scholars believe that this is his most personal and his most positive letter. And the theme of Philippians is all about joy, which I find fascinating when Paul is stuck and in prison. He's disconnected. He's in lockdown. Come on, somebody. Man, he's quarantined from the people that he knows and he loves. What did he do? In Paul in prison, he couldn't physically be in person. He couldn't teach them like he had once done. So he pivoted. He pivoted. Some of you need to pivot this year. You can't do the things like you used to do them. Well, don't get frustrated. Pivot. Paul couldn't preach and teach in person, so you know what he did? He wrote a letter. He pivoted by writing a letter, a new way of communication. And guess what? That letter not only blessed the church 2,000 years ago, but for hundreds of generations later, we're still being blessed because Paul made a pivot. 
Well, watch this. Some of you need to make an adjustment and reset your focus on your mission. Listen, the method may change, but the message stays the same. Our mission as a church, what is our mission as a church? To be a healing place for a hurting world. Well, guess what? Last year, that looked a lot different. A lot of things changed. Here's what I love about you. You focused on your, mess, uh, on your mission and you were willing to change your method. You changed how you were doing, what, what you do. We got to find a way to impact people. So what do we do? We raise our level of engagement online. Man, we look for those in need. You gave out groceries and meals. Man, through hurricanes, you did disaster relief. Man, we did park and praise at different hospitals. We said, hey, let's change how we do it, but let's don't forget who we're doing it for. You see, focus will help move you forward. Uh, be willing to make some adjustments this year. Don't hold on to the wine skin if God's trying to bring new wine. There's something new and fresh that God may want to do in and through you. Focus on your mission and be willing to adjust the method. You know, we did a little ice skating yesterday. <laughs> How many have ever been ice skating before? Wow, you talk about having to move forward in faith. <laughs> I think this is an illogical and uncommon union when you have to put blades on your feet and step on ice. That's just an accident waiting to happen. And Rachel, she said, hey, I got this great idea. Let's take the family. Let's gather with some friends. Let's go ice skating. I got these tickets, and we got like 75 minutes to skate. I'm like, 75 minutes? That ain't nothing. Girl, Wendy, like, don't they have like a two-hour ticket or a three-hour? We're just getting started at 75 minutes. Five minutes into it, I'm hugging that rail. I'm like, babe, is it over yet? And then you got some people that are doing like figure eights, you know, like they played ice hockey or they're like a winter Olympic games, you know. How many are just like secretly hating these people? Show off. <sighs> I finally worked up enough courage to let go of the rail. And so, man, I'm just, oh, okay, here we go. And then skating by me, I heard somebody say, Pastor Mike? <laughs> I was like, oh, threw me off. I lost my focus. <laughs> man, flat on my back. I just started doing snow angels right there on the I meant to do this. <laughs> How many of you know when you lose focus, you're going to fall flat on your back? But focus helps to move you forward. Don't chase a bunch of things. Focus on this one thing. Number one, focus moves you forward. But number two, if you're going to move forward, you're going to have to cancel out the noise. You're going to have to cancel some noises around you. And what I thought would be a, a good picture of that, how many of you own a set of noise-canceling headphones? Are these not fantastic Oh, man, you put these things on, you can't hear anything around you. You know, you get really tone deaf and people say, hey, can you hear me? How many of you that frustrates you when somebody's talking really loud and they got headphones on? Yeah, you can't hear a single thing around you. The only thing you can hear is what's coming through these headphones. And if you listen to the right voice this year, you're going to make the right choice. You know, voices influence choices. 
And some of you need to set some boundaries. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you this year because there's a lot of craziness and confusion and chaos that's happening in our world. Can I have a better amen? And you need to set some boundaries. You know what's going to help you this year? In fact, as we move into this 21 days of prayer and fasting, it may be good for you to dial back on your time on social media. It really may help you because there's a lot of stuff that, that's out there. I mean, you hear one thing and you don't know what to believe. And is this true? And I don't understand the source. And I mean, oh, wow. And then you worry and you get afraid and you get angry. Dial back on social media. Some of you might need to delete some apps on your cell phone. Or here's an easy one. Just turn off the notifications. You don't have to be notified every time somebody has a thought or an idea. Can't hear you. That's great. I'm glad you feel that way. And I'm glad you have 10 million followers. But right now, I'm not one of them. Don't let some of that toxicity get into your spirit. Set some boundaries. Come on, somebody. Cancel some. Some of you need to cancel some people. (gasps) Pastor. Well, wait a second. Now, I might make some people upset. (laughs) Can I tell you? The only people that will be upset for you setting boundaries are those who've been taking advantage of you for not having any. Come on, somebody. Those who really love you are going to celebrate you. You're going to need to narrow your focus. You see, the clearer the vision, the fewer the voices, the easier the decision. Come on, somebody. When you have a clear vision and you're getting word from the Lord, come on. Listen, there's a lot of noise out there, but I can't listen to what's out there. I got to hear the voice of God within me. You know what helps us to do that? Fasting. Fasting. We're gonna, starting tomorrow, we're going to take the next 21 days, and I'm going to ask you to fast. Some of you, maybe you've never done that. Maybe this is your first chance of really experimenting with that. Can I tell you, just try it. Just take a step of faith. If you don't know how to fast, go to our website. Uh, we'll have everything. There's biblical fasts that are, that are listed. There's easy ways for you to fast, maybe from sunup to sundown. Or maybe you just want to fast one meal. And again, it's not about saying no to food, but it is about saying yes to the presence of God. And, and don't just give up a meal and say, well, I fasted. When you give up that meal, use that time to really seek the Lord. Otherwise, if you're not praying, it's not really a fast. It's a diet. (laughs) And I'm all for diets, and it's great. That has physical benefit, but fasting is about spiritual benefit. Fasting turns down the volume of the world, and it amplifies the voice of God. And and we got to cancel out some noise that's creating some confusion. Fasting is a great way to do that. And fasting partnered with prayer. Here's what I love about the next 21 days. Normally, we'll do like an early morning prayer time, but we're changing it up this year. And I think this is fantastic. Actually, it was Rachel's idea to do this. I thought this was brilliant. We're going to take lunch. Here's what I want to ask you to do as a church. Join your pastors and your leaders for the next three weeks during lunch. Join us for lunch. You can watch from your cell phone. You can watch from your iPad or your laptop. But if you'll log on to the website, we'll do it live. 
and it'll be interactive. Rachel and I are going to start this tomorrow. Join us tomorrow. Maybe you're at work or, or maybe you're at home or you have some time. At noon, dial in, log on, and we can interact with you. We can share prayer needs. I'll bring us through a prayer focus, and it's all going to be paralleled with the one-year Bible. Reading our Bible, and I love this. I think this is a, a, a great way to bring concentrated focus to our journey this year. We're, we're, in fact, we have these one-year Bibles in our cafe. It, it, I encourage you to get one. Get, get a one-year Bible, or you can do the one-year Bible app and read along with us. There's a, there's a Psalm and a Proverb, Old Testament, New Testament reading for every day. Psalm, Proverb, Old and New Testament. So you take 20 minutes a day and we're all reading the same things out of Genesis, reading the same things out of Matthew, reading this Psalm, reading this Proverb. And then at lunchtime, we're praying some specific things. I can just imagine the power that that's gonna generate. Come on, this is gonna give you the traction you need to move forward. Some of you have tried this on your own and you've just gone in circles. Come on, somebody. But focus will help us to move forward and we can eliminate some voices and elevate other voices. I pray that you hear God's voice with crystal clarity this year. You know, I don't normally preach out of this Bible. This is my actual one-year Bible. I've been doing this practice for the last 10 years. This, I guess this will be my 11th year of reading the Bible through, and I love to mark it up. I make notes in it. I write notes to my children each year. After, at the end of the year, I mark one Bible up, and I give it to my oldest daughter. This one's actually going to belong to Michaela, my second daughter. But I, I, I want to write some thoughts and some, some prayers and some notes to them because I want them to know the heart of their dad. But more importantly, I want them to know the heart of their heavenly father. And, and, you know, if we can make a practice, if we make a habit, watch this. Studies say that people during times of crisis, they revert to habit. When a crisis hits, they do habitually what they've always done. The good news is you can develop some healthy habits, some holy habits. You see, Healing Place Church is all about making healthy happen. I know the world is consumed with health and staying safe and, and all of those things. It's, you know, the awareness is heightened, but we're about making healthy happen first in your heart. You know, if you want healthy to happen here, develop some good habits. This is your go-to. There, there, there's so much misinformation that's out there, you really don't know what to believe. There's so many conspiracy theories, and, man, you can chase this, this, this person and that thought, and, man, and there's a lot of fear involved. Can I tell you this? When you know God's word better, you won't be deceived. This will keep you out of deception. There's a lot of half-truth that's out there. There's a lot of fear-mongering that's out there. There's a lot of agendas. But the greater you know the truth, the easier it is to, to detect a counterfeit. All right, can I say that again? You don't have to understand the counterfeits. Just be intimately familiar with the truth. If I know the truth, I say, and this one comes, nah, that doesn't line up with this. I'm not giving any time or energy or effort to that. No, 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 no. That's not what God's word says. I got to know this better so I can stay away from the confusion that's coming my way. Now, are you with me? You know, focusing helps to move us forward. 
but then you're going to have to cancel out some noises. Let, let me give you this final thought, and I think this, this will help us in. Number three, what you focus on is what you move toward. What you focus on is what you move toward. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so does he become. What you focus on, you'll move toward. And we want to keep you focused on the right things. I, I, I want God's word in front of you. His voice speaking to you. Eliminating distractions, but elevating your God-given purpose because you're going to go the direction that you focus on. Whatever that dominant thought is, that's going to set the compass for your life. Let me ask you, are you excited about the direction your life is headed? What changes do you need to make to stay on point? What you focus on is what you move toward. I remember the story in Matthew 14, Jesus and the disciples. The Bible says the disciples were in the boat and a storm came out of nowhere. This crazy storm, winds and waves, and the disciples were terrified, and they thought they were going to die. The Scripture says that Jesus, a far way off, came walking toward them on the water. And at first, the disciples thought that that was a ghost, and they were scared. But then Peter says, well, wait a second. That looks familiar. I recognize. It, Jesus, is that you? Now, listen. There are going to be some storms that happen this year in your life that are going to be unexpected, okay? I'm not saying it's going to be sunny and blue skies and 75 degrees every day. There are going to be some storms. 2020 was difficult. 21, it may not be different as it relates to the forecast. Come on, can I have a better amen? Unexpected storms may come. But I want you to know this. Jesus will always come to you in the midst of your storm. Walking on the water, there he was. And, and Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, I, I'm not quite sure a lot of things are going on, but if it's really you, then command me to get out of this boat and walk to you. And you know what Jesus said? He said, come on, come on. What did Peter do? Peter was crazy. How many of Peter was crazy? Oh, yeah. Uh, Peter was the kind of guy that would, would speak before he would think. He was impulsive. He was reactionary. And he, he was the one that really invited himself. He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. You know, it was really Peter's idea. And Jesus says, come on. And so here comes Peter over the side of the boat. And you know what he was doing? He was doing what no other disciple in his, own, in his imagination could never have done. He's walking on the water to Jesus. Why? Because his focus was in front of him. He kept his eyes on Jesus. Hear me, beloved. Keep your eyes on Jesus this year. Keep your eyes on Jesus this year. Do not be distracted by what's happening in Hollywood, what's happening in Washington, D.C., what's happening on news media outlets, social media opinions. And that stuff is everywhere, man. It is in your face all day, every day. But keep your eyes on Jesus. Walking to him. But then he got distracted. He looked to the left, looked to the right. The Bible says he began to sink. And some of you feel like you're drowning under the waves of last year. Some of you are struggling just to keep your head above water. Jesus reaches down and pulls him up. 
And we, we criticize Peter and say, well, you know, he sank. But at least he got out of the boat. Come on, somebody. Imagine when they were having that fish fry on the beach after all that was over with. Imagine those disciples might have been like, did you see that? We know Peter. Peter ain't that good. That had to be God. Peter was walking on that stuff. Listen, the waves may be over your head, but they're still under Jesus' feet. And if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, listen, he's going to show up in a storm. He's going to show up in your storm. Focus on him. Move forward to him. Do you receive that today? Church, can you put your hands together if you believe that? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.